Food, water, shelter, and nesting are all vital to attracting birds to your backyard. Multiple food sources are also helpful. Shop a wide variety of feeders, waterers, and bird food at Blaine's Farm and Fleet to keep your feathered friends happy and healthy all year long. Preserving native plant species in Wisconsin is crucial to ensuring we have a healthy ecosystem for generations to come. They help with soil health, reduce water runoff, and provide nectar and pollen for pollinators, which in turn can help crop yields and health. A number of organizations strive to conserve native plant species, including the UW Arboretum. This is Nate Zimdars with the Midwest Farm Report. I am speaking with Susan Carpenter, and she is the native plant gardener here at the Arboretum. Susan, can you share your background and what motivated you to take on this role here at the UW? Okay, well, I have a training as a plant ecologist, and that is a person who basically studies plants in the wild and uh, also just learns all the different kinds of plants. We have such a tremendous diversity of plants here in Wisconsin, and I'll say I'm specialized mostly in southern Wisconsin because that's where the arboretum's located and where our garden's located. So we represent the plant communities. I'm also, I also have some training in education. I'm very interested in science education. So the two things go perfectly together with this job. And I love uh, the chance to work outside and work with so many volunteers, students, visitors, etc., to to help people learn about these plants. Can you describe your responsibilities here at the UW and also what you're working with exactly? Okay, well, we have a four-acre garden, and my responsibility is basically to take care of that garden. I take care of it with volunteers from the community, so I work with about 50 volunteers every season, mostly every day, out in the garden doing different tasks like planting, weeding, watering, uh, pruning, whatever jobs need to be done at the time. We also do a lot of learning, so it's both learning and uh, gardening. What are some species that are considered native to Wisconsin that people might be familiar with? Well, I think most people have probably heard of a lot of our native trees, like our white oaks, our burr oaks, our red oaks, black oaks, etc. We have a lot of different tree species. I mean, there's hundreds of native plants to choose from. So some of the others that are kind of conspicuous at this time of year, the milkweeds have just come into bloom, and some of those are colorful and really um prevalent. You'd see them a lot, around a lot in different areas. Uh, blazing stars are one that come into bloom later in the, a prairie plant that comes to bloom later in the season. And then a lot of our big prairie grasses, small and big prairie grasses, are also really, um, really nice examples of native plants that are useful. But I mean, I, every time someone asks me, well, what's your favorite native plant? I can never say because there's just too many, too many to choose from for different all the different situations where you would want to grow the plants and also just the different times of year when you would be, um, you know, when you want to have color in your garden. So there's always something, there's, there's a native plant for every situation and there's a native plant for any time of year uh, to see, you know, to see color or to see interest in your, in your garden. What goes into maintaining four acres worth of gardens here? Well, the main thing... At the beginning, of course, we were starting from scratch. We just had a construction zone that we were working in. And we had a plan, a garden plan, which was designed by a um, landscape architect uh, who designed the whole space in, in general. So we were then tasked with 
coming up with the plants and coming up with the planting. So we had to put, we started the whole thing with plants, not with seeding or anything. So small plugs, usually two and a half inch pots. And we put those plant, we plant those plants in, water them in, light mulch, and then they grow up pretty fast. And um, so they were all designed for the different areas of the garden shade plants, shade loving plants for the shady areas, um, and sun loving plants for the sunny areas. We have a sand prairie garden. So those plants need a special, like cactuses need a special place. And then some wetland, uh, like rain gardens where wetland plants are, are more suitable. So all those different plants, um, we take care of. And now we're really, so putting them in was one thing, but then taking care of them over the years, the garden is constantly changing. Some species would be coming in. Trees would be coming into a prairie garden. You need to deal with those. You might find some invasive species that you need to get rid of, or even some native species that are going to like take over a little too much of the space. Maybe something you didn't even plant, but it's here now because it blew in from the prairie, and now you need to kind of downsize that so that the diversity that you want to see in the garden is still there. Lots of changes along the way and learning what the changes, uh, how how to manage the changes and which changes you don't have to worry too much about, which are going to enhance your garden. And then some things that you may be like, "Mm." a lot of trial trial and error really, or, or experimentation to find out, you know, what will be the best, the best practices. And then of course, Another part of my job, a really important part of my job here, besides taking care of the garden itself with people, is teaching people how to do this themselves, um, what the plants are, how to um, start a garden at home from scratch or, or from an existing garden, what are some suggestions of species they could grow in their own situation, and just a whole bunch of outreach. That's really, um, those are really the two parts of my job. With the dry spell that Wisconsin is experiencing, how are you supporting the plants under your care? Okay, well, that is a great question. We have mostly now established, our trees are established. So we have a few species that do tend to need a little extra moisture. And so on those, we might do some, uh, as things get more and more, we get more and more of a moisture deficit. We might do some sprinklering or using drip hoses underneath them, running those for a period of time, just to keep that tree from getting, you know, from the soil profile drying too much down um, below it. But for the most part, we have a lot of prairie gardens, are, um, and those are very well adapted to drought. And they may, the plants may even go dormant uh, at this time. They may, this is a pretty severe moisture deficit that we're in right now, right here at our, at our location. So they may go dormant. But next spring, they're, they're established plants. And next spring, my experience has been that they'll come right back as though nothing happened. Basically, they're just going into dormancy for the year early and they'll be back next year uh, without any problem in the shaded areas things are actually not as dire Um, we are we have planted some plants this year some new areas we had a big tree go down so one of our wooded areas had a little bit more of an opening so we were able to introduce some semi-shade species in there that will take up that space we like to have native plants filling the space instead of whatever mother nature might drop in there for us in terms of weeds so we are maintaining 
plants that we've just planted, we will sprinkler those and make sure they get established. Um, and then once they're established over time, we usually don't have to do much. We don't really do any supplemental, we rarely do any supplemental watering of the, of the plants. Are there any issues that you're experiencing with invasive species that are having a negative impact on the native plants? Well, invasive species can always be an issue. On the scale of a four-acre garden that we're moving around in very regularly and keeping an eye on hot spots and so on, we keep a pretty close eye on the invasive species. So if I see an invasive species, like today, for example, I we were working in an area and I found six seedlings of garlic mustard. You know, the seeds are, the, the leaves are about two inches across at this point. So I pulled those six. So I won't see them next year as flowering plants. They're gone now. <laughs> but, you know, we're not going to have an invasion of garlic mustard in this garden just because we're like always, you know, it's a small enough area that we're we're always noticing things, hopefully noticing them in timely fashion. We did have some Japanese hedge parsley uh, that had been sp- spreading through a more wooded area, and we've just been going through those areas like each week to prevent it from blooming because it's also a biennial plant, so it has a tiny plant in the first year and a flowering plant in the second year. We have not found any flowering plants. We've been picking them up before they bloom, and I haven't seen a single flowering one. I'm sure, as I say this, there is one out there somewhere, but uh, that would just that just eliminates more reproduction of that plant. And then once we know, you know, if we can keep sweeping through. So a student and I just spent about 20 minutes yesterday in two small bags of that and you know, so I'm confident that we're not going to have a, a lot of that flowering in there and kind of, you know, keeping that cycle going. So we do look for invasives. We, um, non-native plants even, even if they're not invasive, if they're not native here. I pulled out a beautiful clump of um, Indian pink this morning. It's native in southern Illinois. Somehow there was a clump of it growing in the garden here. I don't know if it came with some old mulch or something from some garden or something. I don't know how it got there. I don't know what its seeds are like, but there it was. Uh, we identified it, but it's not native here in Wisconsin. So even though it's gorgeous, out it, out this little clump came, and it was a new plant for me. I hadn't I hadn't known it before. So yeah, they can pop in, and it's that one I wouldn't consider invasive yet because there was just one little patch of it, and I don't think it's going to get going big time. But if it does, I know right where to look. <laughs> so. We're just coming off of pollinator week. Can you tell us what the benefits are for native species for pollinators or vice versa? What is that relationship like? Great. Well, they have a pollinators usually have a very specific uh, tight relationship with the plants that they rely on. And of course, the plants were relying on the pollinators too. So we have a number of pollinator types, butterflies, moths, beetles, flies of different sorts, wasps, and bees are very, very important because bees are going around actually collecting pollen on purpose. And the other insects are mostly just going around nectaring. They feed their young a different type of food. So we have a, uh, anyway, point being, we have a wide range of pollinators and they're very important for the reproduction of plants, either required for the reproduction of plants to bring pollen and then to fertilize the, um, fertilize what will become the seeds and fruits of the plant, or they help 
um, enhance the production of fruit. So some of our vegetables and fruit that we grow for ourselves in a vegetable or fruit orchard situation, um, those would, without pollinators, they might produce a few fruits, but the quality and quantity of fruits produced if pollinators are present when the plants are blooming is much higher. So it's something for gardeners and farmers to be thinking about. It's a very good enhancement, not just for the native plants, but for some of our fruit and vegetable crops as well. From your perspective, what are some ways that farmers and other folks who are connected to agriculture, how can they bring in some of these native species to help with pollinators? Well, there's a lot of, I mean, actually the native species will probably they're probably in the area. So a lot of um, success and the Xerces Society has been really central in a lot of work with the farming community uh, in doing buffer strips and pollinator strips. So there's lots of resources for how to prepare those, uh, prepare the ground for it uh, and how to what seed mixes and types of um, plants to introduce. Mostly that would be done with seeding rather than plant by plant, because it's on a much larger scale than a little garden like this. Um, uh, But there's lots of resources available for that. And it's quite beneficial because depending on the kind of crop that's being grown, or if it's an orchard for sure, those plants need to have pollinators present. That was Susan Carpenter from the UW Arboretum sharing the value that preserving our native plant species has on the entire state as a whole, not just for gardeners, but for farmers as well. I'm Nate Zimdars with the Midwest Farm Report. Every part of your vehicle serves a purpose, especially your tires. When they aren't right, it makes a big difference in safety. So, find great deals on trusted brands of automotive and specialty tires for farm machinery, utility vehicles, and more at Blaine's Farm and Fleet.